Brina Garen, and you're listening to Hex Positive. Welcome, witches. This is episode 37 of Hex Positive. I'm your host, Brina Garen, and I'll admit it, my house is a mess. No, like, literally, after I finish my recording, I'm going to go chug an energy shot, watch a bunch of TikTok cleaning compilations, and go absolutely ham on my kitchen and living room. Our air conditioning is finally fixed, and I can move around my house without drowning in my own sweat. So it's time for this witch to go full domestic goddess on my living space and get it nice and clean. And as such, this month we'll be talking about the relationship between cleaning and magical cleansing, and why it's important to do both. But first, a few quick announcements. I will be at the Astrology Witch Market at Triple Crossing Brewery on Hatcher Street in Richmond, Virginia on Sunday, August 13th from noon to 5 p.m. There will be vendors with all kinds of supplies for your celestial doings, plus artwork, clothing, home decor, altar supplies, and lots more. There will also be a few witches on site to help you find out more about your personal astrological chart, just in case you need to fill some gaps in your knowledge. I have some new items on my table, so make sure you come and check those out. And as before, when you're finished your shopping, you can grab a drink and a bite to eat and relax in the brewery's tasting room and lounge. The pizza at Triple Crossing is amazing. Try the pepperoni and hot honey. Make sure you check the River City Witch Markets page on Facebook for details, directions, and a full calendar of events for the year. I'm also going to be at the August Merry Meet and Greet at the Women's Club of Hilton Village on Friday, August 18th. This event is being held by the lovely people of Sticks and Stones in Newport News, which is a great little witchy shop I just visited recently, and I do recommend stopping by if you're in the area. They've got witchy supplies and dice and crystals and lots of cool esoterica. It's a really neat little place that just opened recently. Go check it out. And I hope you'll come by the meet and greet. Again, that'll be Friday, August 18th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Women's Club of Hilton Village. One more quick word for those of you looking for extra hex-positive content. I'm going to be starting up regular patron posts on my Patreon again very soon. Things have been a bit pressed this year, so I've kind of fallen off on posting regular content there. If you'd like to support the show, sponsorship starts as low as a dollar a month, and you'll get early access to new episodes plus bonus content, and an archive of preview material for my forthcoming books. You can visit patreon.com slash to see all the options and sign up to be a sponsor. So, now that that's out of the way, let's get into it. If you've ever been part of an online witchy community like the ones on TikTok or Tumblr or Facebook, and I'm going to assume most of you are, 
You might already be aware that there's something of a preoccupation with the idea of magical cleansing. Lots of recommendations for what to cleanse and how and how often, along with suggested methods from smoke to light to water and lots more. And you may have also noticed that a lot of witches on TikTok in particular seem to be fond of recommending that you cleanse all your tools and components at what seems like every possible opportunity. When you acquire them, before and after spellcasting, before and after rituals, whenever a particular moon phase comes around, whenever you feel the presence of negative vibes, and so forth. This, um... This needs some talking about, uh, both on a witchy level and a practical one. I'm going to start with the witchy stuff and then move on to the practicals. There may be some overlap in between, but it'll all make sense when I get there, so just stay with me. To start with, let's be clear, cleansing is, generally speaking, a good thing. It should be part of your witchcraft practice. Regular cleansing magic is a good exercise, a good skill builder, an opportunity to experiment with new things, and a way of helping you reclaim your space from time to time, which is also healthy. What's less healthy is a preoccupation with cleansing. Not that cleansing too frequently is going to lead to anything bad necessarily, but if you feel the need to constantly cleanse your space or your tools, you really might want to examine why you feel that way. Some of it might be anxiety, given the events of the past few years. Most of us probably have it at this point. So you cleanse whenever things feel off or you feel the need to claim your space. Some of it might be ritual. Cleansing regularly is just something you do because it's an easy bit of magic that's highly satisfying that you've just become used to doing. Some of it might be outside influence. If you're chronically online or constantly hearing from peers and influencers that you should be cleansing, you're probably going to be more prone to do it, especially if you're just starting out or just getting back into the craft. But how much magical cleansing is really necessary? How effective is it? What exactly does cleansing do? And at what point should be asking yourself if you have some kind of witchy germophobia? Generally speaking, magical cleansing removes what you tell it to remove. A general cleansing might remove stagnation or unwanted energy and just basically freshen the place up. A more targeted cleansing might remove the residue of an unwelcome guest, living or dead, or clear away lingering sadness or anger, or clear out disruptive or unwanted influences in your home. It's not a banishing, but it is a bit of magical maintenance. It's effective for basic upkeep, but cleansing alone won't keep out or remove things you don't want in your space. Think of it like the difference between doing some scrubbing and trash removal versus calling an exterminator. And keep that in mind because we're going to come back to it. 
There are a lot of different cleansing methods to choose from, too. The most commonly cited is smoke, either from incense or burning herbs. But you can also use saining or aspurging, which involves cleansing a space by spraying or scattering blessed or bespelled water. Something you can use that moon water for if you want to. You can also use an herbal infusion or water and rubbing alcohol mixed with a few drops of essential oil, always keeping an eye toward the safety of your pets and any allergy sufferers in the house. Scent can be used, either with the aforementioned room sprays or scent diffusers or wax melts. You can cleanse with light by opening the shades and letting the sunlight or moonlight in, by turning the lights on, or by lighting a candle or switching on a battery-operated one. You can arrange your favorite quartz crystals on a grid or around your home to soak up that unwanted whatever, and then cleanse them to get rid of it. And one of my personal unorthodox favorites, you can cleanse with sound. Turn on your favorite upbeat music, sing, clap, chant, ring a bell or a bunch of chimes, whatever you like. Or bang some pots and pans together and yell, get out of my house, you wispy motherfuckers! As for how often you should be cleansing and what, this will vary from person to person depending on your needs. Some witches prefer to cleanse on a regular schedule, while others only feel the need to do so from time to time. It's something you tend to figure out as you go, so don't worry too much about setting a hard schedule right from the beginning or missing a cleansing date. It all comes out in the wash, believe me. As for what you should be cleansing, this is where I'm going to bitch about TikTok. I can understand wanting to cleanse things when they come into your home, especially if they were purchased secondhand and might have some kind of residue from a former owner. I can understand wanting a clean slate for when you go to do your spell work with things like jars or candles, especially if you've used them before. But there's really no need to constantly cleanse your tools and supplies. There's not really even a need to cleanse things when you get them or before using them for spell work. That's purely personal preference. I mean, what is the point of cleansing a box of plain taper candles you just got from the dollar store? Or the recycled jam jar you pulled from your own shelves? How much buildup of anything could there possibly be besides dust? And in that case, better to use a rag than a stick of incense. For that matter, why cleanse your ritual tools? Your working knife, your wand, your cauldron, and so on. Our tools and spaces do not build up metaphysical muck nearly as fast as TikTok would have you think. And there can be advantages to allowing raw magical energy from previous workings to remain in your workspace or in frequently used tools. For example, I have had the same little 4-inch iron cauldron for close to 20 years now, I have cast many spells with it of many different types, and I have never cleansed it. And I never will. I've never cleansed my 
workspace either. I mean, I clean them both from time to time, of course, but only physically. The whole point of these things for me is that they continue to build up a reservoir of potential magic and potential energy for me to work with in the future. Obviously, your mileage is going to vary, but I do think it's important to examine your motivations and your reasoning, especially if you're a newer witch who spends a lot of time on social media. If you're constantly cleansing and removing all past energy from an object or an environment before use, is it because you really feel like those things need cleansing? Or is it because witch talk is visibly preoccupied with the idea and it's gotten stuck in your head, so you feel like that's what you should be doing? And before anyone says the word vibes, please know that I personally put little to no stock in the concept. Too nebulous, too subjective, too easily suggestible. Not really a reliable indicator of anything except your own feelings on a person, place, object, or situation. And while it's important to listen to your gut, if your gut says cleanse everything constantly, you may want to take a step back and wonder why that is. So-called bad, chaotic, unwanted, disruptive, what have you, energy, really doesn't build up nearly as quickly as some witches seem to think it does, even if you're practicing baneful magic. If your environment is so toxic that you feel the need to cleanse everything you use before it's considered safe for spell work, the problem isn't in your tools, friend. We'll be back with more Hex Positive after this brief sponsored break. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast and would like to help support the show, make sure you visit the Willow Wings Witch Shop. There you can pick up copies of Grove Daughter Witchery, The Sisters Grimoire, and Pestlework, or shop for specialty items you won't find anywhere else, like witch web kits, vials of my homemade banishing powder, and podcast merch. Use code HEXPOSITIVE to get a special surprise with your order. Visit brainicarin.wordpress.com shop and place your order today. And now, back to the show. On the heels of that, let's talk practical measures. I talk a lot on this podcast about accompanying magical measures with mundane action, because if you're not laying the groundwork for your spell in practical ways or following up your magic with practical measures, it's a lot less likely to work the way you want it to. This applies to cleansing, too, and thank the powers that this is showing up in discussions on this topic as we speak. It's doing my heart and my anxiety a lot of good. If you're going to cleanse your space, you probably need to clean it, too. Sometimes that weird, heavy, headachey, bad energy feeling in your house is just stagnant air with dust and trapped odors adjacent. And I can personally attest to this. I know that a lot of times in the winter, when the house is shut up because it's cold and we just have the heat going all the time, it gets very stuffy after a while. The air gets very dry. It gets very stale. And the minute that I crack open a window, 
for even just a little while and let the air cycle through and freshen up, it feels so much better. So give that a try. Try opening your windows and airing the place out alongside a modicum of cleaning anything dusty or stinky. Focus on high traffic areas, seating, the kitchen sink, the trash bins, the bathrooms, and any indoor pet enclosures or potties, and see if things don't feel better. I'm not saying the place has to be spotless, who has the energy for that? But it will probably feel better with a little bit of fresh air and the removal of allergens, sewage, and perishable garbage. If the weather isn't conducive to opening the windows, if it's too hot or too cold, or if it's pelting down rain or there's a wildfire smoke cloud passing by, at least clean up the pet messes, wash the dishes, and take out the garbage. Anything that can rot and stink, get it out. Run some fans to get the air moving and maybe consider changing the air filter on your home HVAC. You'll be surprised how much difference just that much can make. We hear all the time in paranormal media how infestations of flies or bad odors can be a sign of something evil or demonic. Let me tell you, as someone who just dealt with an infestation of houseflies that would have sent a more superstitious person shrieking for their holy water, sometimes it's just a bag of potatoes that fell down beside the counter that you forgot to throw away before they went bad. Unfortunate, but it happens. Also, if the bad feeling is an ongoing problem, Check your home for mold, gas leaks, bad wiring, pests, and carbon monoxide levels. You would be shocked how many bad vibes or symptoms of so-called hauntings are just homes in need of practical repairs and pest control. Bad wiring, apart from being a fire hazard, can create an effect called a fear cage, where inhabitants experience high levels of anxiety, feelings of being watched, and a pervasive sense of dread. Talk about the vibes being off, you're literally sitting in a room full of them. Gas leaks can cause many kinds of physical symptoms, like nausea, headache, and fatigue, but they can also affect brain function and may cause visual and auditory hallucinations. Rodent droppings and mold can make everyone in the house like 20 different kinds of sick. And carbon monoxide can cause nausea and dizziness and will also straight up kill you in high enough concentrations. So things that are worth paying attention to. In the words of the ever-wonderful Lee Bradford, I believe in ghosts, but I also believe in carbon monoxide. So... If your space is feeling icky, or the energy feels off, maybe pause a moment and see how long it's been since you tidied. I know we can't keep up with all the cleaning all the time, goodness knows I don't, but attending to the small things when and where you're able to do so can really help the atmosphere of your home. Cleaning should accompany cleansing. Full stop. In all seriousness, tidying up is probably the easiest practical cleansing spell you can do. It 
really doesn't do much good to foof the herbal smoke around or spritz your space with herbal infusions if you don't also get rid of the dust and accumulated laundry and dirty dishes and take out the trash and maybe sweep the floor a little. You don't need to go bonkers with smoke or moon water or incense or candles for regular maintenance level home cleansing either. Cleaning is cleansing and cleansing is cleaning. Put down the sage and pick up a sponge. Trust me. One of my favorite things to do for cleansing is to rile myself up with cleaning compilation videos, pick a space, and just go hard for like 45 minutes to an hour. Doesn't matter what gets cleaned or if I finish everything, just so long as cleaning happens. Doing a little bit is better than doing nothing, right? Small steppy is better than no steppy. And as I'm doing this cleaning, whether it's the dishes or the laundry or changing the cat box or taking out the trash or just picking things up, I'm also mentally reclaiming my space and putting my own fresh energy back into my home to replace anything stale or unwanted. This is usually accompanied by some open windows or spritz of room freshener so that there's a very tangible difference in the atmosphere and not just from the lack of clutter and dirty socks. And on the days when I don't have the spoons for that but I still feel the need to cleanse my space, I take out the garbage, bare minimum, empty the kitchen and bathroom trash, maybe change the litter box, take the bags out to the bin. Failing even that, I take a shower. Just something physical to care for myself or my immediate environment. Incidentally, that reminds me of a new witchcraft exercise I wanted to share with all of you. I call it spring cleaning, but really you can do it any time of year. It's a fantastic way of tidying up your space organizing your craft supplies, and cleansing your home at the same time. I did use some of the material for this episode, and it is posted on my Tumblr, so some bits might sound a little repetitive, but I hope you'll find it useful. And it may or may not be part of another book I've started writing, so consider this a sneak preview. Spring Cleaning there's a marked tradition of cleaning and airing out the house in the springtime when the weather warms. As you are dusting and tidying and getting rid of winter stagnation, take some time to do the same with your craft. Clean and organize your workspace. If you have an altar space or a shelf where you keep bottles and jars and the like, remove everything from the surface and give it a good dusting. Take the opportunity to rearrange things or swap out pieces if it suits you. If you have ritual tools that don't often get cleaned, check them for signs of rust or wear and give them a bit of love. Repair things that need fixing if you can. If you have an iron cauldron that you use for fire magic, get a wire brush or some steel wool and gently remove any burnt residue left inside. Sort through your supplies. If you have lots of candles and crystals and small items laying about, consider getting some small totes or craft organizers to keep things tidy. 
Divided storage boxes for beads or scrapbooking supplies are great for small items, and shoebox-sized caddies are perfect for taper, chime, and votive candles. Organizing things will make your space easier to navigate, and also gives you a proper idea of what you have on hand, which might help you resist impulse purchases the next time you're out shopping for witchcraft supplies. While you're tidying, be sure to discard any rubbish, candle stubs, wax blobs, herb scraps, bits of string, incense bases, and so forth that might be cluttering up the place. Discard things that are too old or too worn to be useful. Dried plants and seasonings can usually be kept for one to three years if they remain in sealed containers. If they have no scent anymore, or smell musty or mildewy, discard them and sanitize the container if you intend to keep it. If you're using supermarket spices, you can use the expiration date on the container as a guide. Powdered material will likely last longer than whole herbs or cut and sifted material. One helpful tip is to put a purchase date on the packets or bags of herbs when you buy them, or to put a little date sticker on your jars of herbs when you refill them. Anyone who's worked in food service will probably be familiar with the concept of container dating or day dotting. If you make oils or tinctures or such like in your practice, check on those as well. Make sure nothing has gone off or lost its potency. Day dotting your potion containers will help with this as well. A simple sticker with the name of the brew and the date it was bottled will help you keep track of your supplies and know when something needs to be tossed and replaced. If you're feeling super organized, you can also print labels with the ingredients and purpose of the brew. Reorganize your books and resources. Review what's there and see if there are any materials that might need to be weeded out, donated, or discarded. Remember that as you grow and progress, some things will become obsolete or may show themselves to be unhelpful or inaccurate. It's okay to remove things from your resource library that no longer serve you if you want to make some space on the shelves. You can also cleanse your workspace and or components while you're tidying if you wish. It doesn't have to be a full clean slate everything must go cleansing, but it can help just to clear out stagnation or to bring in some freshness and vitality. So, to wrap things up, cleanse regularly, yes on a schedule or when you feel it's needed, but try not to buy into the mentality that you have to cleanse constantly or cleanse everything before you use it or that something terrible is going to happen or that your spells will fail if you don't because that's not the case. And definitely make sure that you're tidying up alongside your home cleansings. And watch for those mundane issues that might be causing the place to feel icky. So, that about does it for this month. Please remember to rate and review the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And check out the interactive questions and polls over on Spotify. Come and visit the Willow Wings Witch Shop for books and lots of witchy goodies. Stop by my table at the Astrology Witch Market on the 13th in Richmond. And join us for the August Merry Meet and Greet on the 18th in Newport News. 
And as always, Hex Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, where you can find shows ranging from live play to history to witchcraft, including our fabulous sibling show, BS Free Witchcraft, hosted by the ever-lovely Trey Dorn. Make sure you check them out and show all of the other wonderful creators on the network some love. Until next time, I'm Brenda Garen, reminding you to stay safe, take out the garbage, and accompany your cleansing with this handy little rhyme. Out, out, dirt and dust. Out, out, mold and must. Gone you be at count of three, and take my ills away with thee. Hex Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at at Brina Garen on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hacks.